K-Man's Corner is brought to you by Prime Investigations. If you need a licensed, bonded, or insured private investigator, make sure you call 716-553-0701. That's Prime Investigations. 33 years of law enforcement experience. The guy that runs at Al, he's an awesome, awesome guy. He trains with me at the gym. You can't find a better person to look into your uh, private investigation needs. Great guy. Check it out. K-Man's Corner highly recommends him. Also, like and subscribe on YouTube. Do it now. Welcome to a special edition of K-Man's Corner. I got a great guest, Patchy Mix. He called me. He's like, I want to do a podcast. So when someone like Patchy Mix wants to do a podcast, you drop her everything you were doing and you get him on the podcast. That's what a good podcaster does. Patchy is 12-0, undefeated Bellator fighter. He is going to Japan. He's going to fight in Risen against, uh, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing this, Yuki Matoyo. Uh, Risen 20 is going to be fighting in a ring, going to Japan, representing Bellator and Risen. So it's a huge fight, a big opportunity for him. Also, uh, the Bellator champ at his weight class is injured. He's forced to give up the belt. We have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We're going to jump into the podcast. The pride of the 716 Bellator fighter, Patchy Mix. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing great. I can't believe I got you on the podcast. You're big time and you're still coming back and uh, representing with the old guys. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm from the area, so I like to represent uh, 716 in Western New York, uh, Buffalo, and Angola. So always coming back. You are the best fighter that's come out of the area in a long time. The best fighter that's come out of Buffalo. I mean, Rashad made it to UFC Championship, but he came. He was fighting out of Michigan. You're the biggest name that's come out of Buffalo. How does it feel to be that guy? I don't know, man. It just feels normal. You know, it doesn't feel any different than I was coming up as an amateur, I guess. Uh, it's kind of like, like what I do and um, to do it as my hobby and my passion and also my job. So it just feels normal, I guess. I uh, couldn't foresee all of it happening. You are about to embark on a journey almost across the world. You're going to go to Japan and fight in Risen. How does that feel, man? Well, it feels good, man. You know, a little uh, orthodox. No, um, just to travel, I guess, because all my fights have been here in you know, the U.S. So to go over to Japan and um, fight over there underneath their rule set and their uh, their crowd and their fans, I'm sure it will be much different. Yeah. Does it bother you that you're fighting in a ring instead of a cage? Uh, no, man, it doesn't bother me. I, I could merge to any rule set, I guess. So it doesn't bother me, but um, it kind of excites me to train the new rule set and uh, the different dynamic of you know, being in a ring instead of a cage because the ropes versus the cage is you know, it's much different. I don't think it's going to stop you from getting to the back, man. It's not like you push people up against the fence and take them down on the fence. You're on people's backs, dude. I can't see it affecting you anyway except for helping you. Yeah, a lot of people here at Jackson's have been preparing in specific ways, but a lot of the coaches have told me and a lot of the teammates that have also fought in Japan have told me, you know, he'll probably try to um, blow out the ring or, you know, dive out, especially <laughs> if I get good position. But I just can't see him doing that if I'm attached to his back, you know what I mean? So that's my game plan and uh, just do what I've done, you know, this far in my career, all 12 fights. It sounds pretty confident. How do you think the matchup uh, suits you? Uh, the matchup suits me really well. I feel uh, we match up in different things. We're both good at the same things, pardon. So he's good at, uh, you know, on the ground as well. So 
I think we match up very well there. But uh, I think my leverage, my size, my experience, and uh, my mindset will play, um, you know, the, the major factors in the matchup itself. Um, in the gym, he could probably hang and stuff like that. But when we're in the competition, I feel like, like I said, my leverage and my size is going to be a big factor for this. You know, he he made he's made 125, and he's a smaller guy, so um, I'm a big guy cutting down to 35, and I'm, I keep growing and I'm getting bigger and stronger, and I'm the strongest I've ever been. So I feel like it's a very good matchup. Him coming up from 25, and he's you know going down. Back before he back before he went uh, down to, to Jackson's, man, you look huge, and not like fat huge. You were getting jacked, dude. Your lats are huge. You're filling out in your shoulders. You're really getting some man strength now i remember when you're a little small kid you're not that small kid no more yeah no i've been uh i work you know i grapple a lot uh i train a lot out here and um my works you know it's all come together like i said i'm three and zero on the year so you know each fight has just been a progression in itself but also in my body and uh you know how much i've gotten older and grown in the last year because you know i've been lifting weights and more to say grappling and you know multiple times a day how much of that is uh, being able to train multiple times a day, and how much of it is getting the good nutrition and the good weightlifting and the good coaching that you're getting on not only just MMA but conditioning your body down there at Jackson's? Uh, it's everything put together, you know what I mean? It's the multiple times a day, but it's also the nutrition and the listening to the coaches on what you should do for you know, strength, cardio, what you're eating, everything. So it's a balance of everything. You, know? you have to put it all together just like you would in MMA. So... You know what I mean? It's, um, it's not one thing. It's uh, basically everything that can make you grow and make you stronger. And um, also the weight cut, you know what I mean? Because making the weight is an important thing as well. Right, because you don't want to get too big. I mean, you want to be able to still cut down that weight. And it seems like you haven't had any trouble at all making 35. No, I've had uh, no trouble at all making 35. I actually like making 35. It's, uh, there's always a fight before the fight, they like to call it, in wrestling. So. You know, getting on the scale and beating that was always a mindset thing. So to be able to do that in fighting and then to go out there and perform, I feel like I performed best at 35. But um, no, man, I'm feeling out and all that. But I think I'm very disciplined when it comes to, uh, you know, the band weight category and uh, how I make weight and what I'm cutting fight week and, you know, not saving much for, you know, too much for uh, the end. I like to gradually cut weight and then uh, have an easy cut as I go, not cut a lot, you know, the day before like some of these other fighters. Right. I mean, I can tell I'm friends with you on Snapchat. So I watch, I watch you, you post snaps of all your whole cut and I'm watching you, man. You're still smiling at the end of the cut. So, you know, it's not like too shitty of a cut or there wouldn't even be a Snapchat, you know, it's just you making the weight. So I know like it's yeah. really not that hard of a cut for you. Yeah, it's not a hard cut. Man. I, I feel like I make it well. I watch other guys struggle, you know, even, <clears throat> you know, the undercard guys that are also on the cards with me. I see him in the sauna and I, we all communicate, we all talk, and we all, you know, how much they have left. And I'm never, you know, cut too much. I'm always one of the guys that are out of there first. And, uh, you know, have it under control. You know, I'm not here to lose any money, and I'm here to, you know, remain as a professional, make weight as always, and uh, keep moving forward, you know, trying to climb the ranks. It's always a bad uh, look when you don't make weight, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about this uh, on on the air, but I'm watching your watching your stand up, and it really looks like it's coming along great, man. Are you going to surprise people with your stand up coming up into this fight? Yeah, I think I'm going to surprise people with a lot of things. Uh, our grappling, and, uh, you know, all that. I think I could trump them there. Um, you know, I, my mindset's everything right now, and my confidence, and my uh, I'm not overconfident, just uh, you know, confident in my game to where I'm working hard enough to. Uh, 
keep excelling in all these categories, but I feel like I can beat them in, you know, each and every area, but our grappling is so high level, both of ours on each par, that I think we will see some stand-up here, and I think I'm going to light him up and, you know, put the pressure on him and uh, put him on his back foot. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, me fighting in Japan here, it's his hometown, so that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. And when I feel uncomfortable and uh, I normally rise to the occasion, you know what I mean? I know Jim's stories aren't great, and I'm a 55-pounder. I spar with Pat, man, and I'm hurting all over my body when I'm done sparring with Pat. I feel dumber, and uh, I know Pat's really, his stand-up is really coming along. We just did some stand-up rounds, and, man, I'm still feeling it, like, weeks later. <laughs> yeah, man, and uh, stand-up goes to, like, uh, Wink and Six Gun and all my guys out here. I train here, and I spar here twice a week, and then I also have multiple stand-up classes. And, uh, multiple multiple <laughs> other uh, facets that I train, you know, in MMA style of stand-up fighting, not just stand-up itself, traditional kickboxing or tie, you know. The in-betweens, the negative space, you know, the clinches, the case work, all that. Uh, I've yet to show that because uh, I take guys down so quick or, you know, we, we uh, when we tie up, we grapple. And, you know, whenever there's a tie-up in the MMA fight, it tends to go to the ground, or so, you know, so to say. So a lot of my fights, I get in these angles and I don't show a lot of that in-between work. And that's, you know, a lot of stuff I'm planning on showing is the knees, the from the clinch, the elbows, not in this fight, but, you know, going forward. Well, so far, every fight you've had in Bellator, you've been a superior grappler, so it only makes sense that you're going to be on the back. Now that it's a little bit closer and you want to make sure you establish a dominant position, I can't wait to see your stand-up. Yeah, that's the most important part is being well-rounded because in this game and, you know, the amount of money that we're making and, uh, you know, you're playing a big high roller table now, so, you know, they're hiring guys to watch you now and break your game down and you know now the guys and you know they don't want me on their back so they're going to be ready for that or you know kind of like Corey Masvidal Ben Askren in a sense right you know um there's the correct preparation goes for you know anybody can beat anybody so uh you know they're looking at my game and um you know it's chess not checkers so as they're doing that um I'm progressing my game so I'm setting traps you know they think that they think that all I got is you know takedowns and all that stuff, but you know who knows this next fight might be a knockout or a flying knee or middle. You know what I mean? There's all different ways. If you could get a nice, not a beautiful knockout, man, that would really shore up your resume, especially since the title in your division is kind of up for grabs right now. What's going on with the title? Yeah, like the title's up for grabs. Horaguchi just uh, vacated it, and I feel like you know with a win here, man, I'm 13 and 0, 10 finishes. You know, I'm going out there to put this guy away in the first round. So, you know, let, let's say I do that, 13-0, 10 finishes, um, 9 submissions, 8 of them in the first round or something, you know, out of all my finishes. But those are credentials to fight for the title right there. And I think that me and uh, Juan Archuleta would make a great uh, matchup for that belt. And uh, I know he's one of the other, you know, high-level contenders in the division. And if not, me and him, you know, I mean, I think that there's, you know, a list of guys. Pettis just got signed, Rafian Scott, James Gallagher, uh, Boyito Perez, you know, there's all these high-level guys. So we can even do a Grand Prix for that. Oh, um, I think there's going to be super exciting news coming out, you know, whether it's title shots for, you know, the guys or tournaments, you know, there's got to be something with my division coming in 2020. So I'm just kind of sideline really waiting, you know. You're kind of in a perfect spot for it. It just happened. You got a fight coming up soon. It's a big name fight. It's in another country. You shine there, man. The sky's the limit for you, right? 
Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm representing Bellator in Japan also. You know, that's a, that's a solid for me, of course. You know, I mean, me being in Lism, not fighting on Bellator, I'm changing the rules. I'm doing, I'm showing a promotion my loyalty. You know, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to tell you I'm, I'm sticking with them for a while. You know, I'm hoping to, you know, keep progressing, them, them to want me, stick around for a while, you know, so. I feel like this is a perfect time for me in my life, but at the same time, I you know I don't know what they're going to do with the division. You know, with with my sport and with the sport we're in, politics plays a lot of you know into it. So at any point, they can say you know Sergio Pettis, he's a UFC guy, and Guido Perez, also a UFC guy. We want these two guys to fight for the belt. You know what I mean? Right. It's not always the best guy. It's all you know. I think it's always the the best selling guy for yeah. um, not just this promotion but all promotions you know? yeah it's whoever has the most uh, exposure really and that's you know you just gotta get yeah, the exposure out there and that works for anything any sport and, you know any business and that's no not to them I understand that so but I know my time is coming you know what I mean because uh, as long as I continue to win they can't deny me you know right and exactly that's what's gonna happen so I got a question did Bellator ask you to go over and fight in Risen or is this something you volunteered to do they told me they had something lined up at my last fight you know if I came up the victor and everything worked out you know mm-hmm. like i had been in the past so they kind of just told me that there was an opportunity and i told them you know uh i don't know you man i just need to get paid so as long <laughs> as i fight again then i get paid so you know what i mean i'm trying to stay active as long as i'm healthy i don't mind who i fight where it is you know what i mean what country it's in as long as there's money on the line and I'm healthy, why not compete? Not compete against the best in the world over and over and over again. Every weekend if I could, you know? Yeah, I love that, man. And I love the the grit that you have. I just read a great book. Um, It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And they talk about it's not always about who has the most talents, who's willing to work the hardest. You are the most talented guy I've ever seen that works hard just like someone that doesn't have talent. You are one of the most talented guys, and you have the grit of a guy with no talent at all. And that's going to take you really far in life. Yeah, one sec. My roommate's knocking on my door. No problem. Sorry, man. My uh, roommate, Christian Edwards, he's also a Bellator fighter. He stays with me. He just got done working. He's working with uh, John Jones at this camp right now, uh, leading up to his next fight. So Hell yeah. He's, yeah, he's one of his main training partners, and he's a big star in Bellator right now. Two uh, first-round finishes as well, so. That's, uh, you know, the company I surround myself with out here. It's always good being here. (laughs) For real. And that was the next question I was going to ask. Having that super high-level competition around you with that level of grit, how much have you improved over the last, I don't know, I'd say since you've gotten into Bellator over the last year or so? Yeah, that's the big thing. You know I mean? Being here and being around these guys with everything, and not just them, it's the coaching. And uh, if you watch our sessions, you know, you'll always see a coach sitting right next to our session just studying and watching. It's all the small movements that you really uh, you can take uh, the small coaching, you know, the movements that, that what we're making, they can coach that, you know. Right. So if it's like you're putting your hand here, you're doing wrist control one way instead of the other way. It's all the small shit, man, at this level. It's not the high, you know what I mean? It's not like learning how to jab cross at this point. You know what I mean? Right. The in-betweens of everything, it's the negative space in grappling and it's... Uh, uh, you know, the MMA style of work, and Greg Jackson had such a great time. My other coach, Harry, uh, Wing, Six Gun, I have such a great coaching staff. So having them around me, watching me uh, do what I love to do and express myself, and that's martial arts, you know, sparring. And when they watch that, you know, they can tell me what the adjustments I need to make. I don't, 
necessarily think about the, the just you know what I mean? Right. Think about what I do. I just express myself on the um the flow that I've learned, you know. What's uh movements, you know, the jab crop, high kick, knee or takedowns. I um I react to what's given to me, you know, off my reactions that I've learned and I have many reactions, you know. When you guys are doing a camp and you, you have a, a opponent you know, you already know who you're going to fight. You're a few weeks out. Are you doing all specific stuff for this opponent, or are you just improving your skill set at what you're good at right now? It's kind of both, man. It's uh, I what Jackson calls it, it's like my personal growth plan, and then my um, we have like a fight plan. So, you know, th- there's things that I work that go they go in both categories. Like if I work a technique that one day it might be part of my personal growth plan, but it also might be specific for this guy. You know what I mean? There's just might be shit I need to still learn about the game that it's still part of my personal growth. You know what I mean? He separates them, Jackson Wood, in a sense. So right. I'm still training for this guy, but I'm also, aside from that, like half of our session would be me training specifically for the guy, but then the other half would be me training to get Pat, the best Pat he can be. You know what I mean? Upgrading my skills, my software, my technique. Right. Or learning new ones. How much time would you say you spend grappling as opposed to striking as opposed to putting it all together um i put them all together i think it's a third of each i probably spend a third of my time striking a third of my time grappling and then a third of my time doing all of them together in mma you know right uh, they're probably broken up in a third there's not one i do more my days are split but like tuesday thursday i'll grapple hard at night but tuesday thursday i'll spar hard in the morning but I won't, you know what I mean? There's there's a there's a split, though. You know, I won't grapple so much in those sparring sessions, I guess, because I'm working on MMA techniques. I'm striking on the ground. I'm uh, ground and pounding more than uh, just strictly jiu-jitsu is what I mean. Right. So okay, I got what you're saying. sequences, but it's like an MMA sequence. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got what you're saying. I, I'm picking it up. Um, yeah, Jackson pulled it up very well, you know, on the schedule as opposed to, you know, on their coaching and how they line their days up. You know, they make sure we do it all so we're well rounded in each category. How much hard sparring are you doing? Like uh like heavy striking sparring? We spar hard on Tuesdays, but like um we have other days where, you know, Thursday would be smaller gloves and we're sparring, but I feel like my my partners and my uh my techniques and those things we take. I don't really spar too hard. The level gets picked up normally I'm in favor um, or I'm uh, I'm the better man in the if I'm picking it up and exchanging typically I want to be the better guy in the exchanges you know what I mean so I'm not gonna, if I'm losing exchanges I'm not going to continue to you know what I mean keep just banging it out right I'll try to use tactics but if I'm winning exchanges of course I mean those are the hard bars but I'm going to control those things I never really spar hard if I'm not in control of my body and the you know, my opponent that I'm going with at some stage, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I, I guess I was just trying to figure out how much damage you're taking. So, like, when you're when you're sparring hard and I, and we're saying hard sparring, are you guys really trying to, like, knock each other out or are you still under control? We're still under control. We train with our partners differently than we fight out here. Right. Of course, man. We're definitely not trying to knock each other out. Um just a different level, you know what I mean, where um, we take care of each other because we know that we're all trying to upgrade together. But at the same level, we do train hard and we we hit hard, you know what I mean? Uh, 
unless you go down from one shot, maybe like a flash knockout, then that's one thing. But if I hit a guy good, man, I'm going to ease off, you know what I mean, before right. I go try to break him down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that's what I was saying. I was wondering how much, like, killer instinct there is. If you hurt someone, you're trying to finish yeah, them or you no, let them recover. No. no, man, you know, you don't You do not do that. Uh, we don't see younger guys or the guys that are coming up that are amateurs or the mid-level pro guys that are also trying to make their name here at the gym. We don't teach them to do that either. Um, we try to train with control. And like I said, there's always coaches around. So there being coaches around, they have uh, – you know, I mean, they have authority over everything, and you know, they watch pretty good. I think, you know. Yeah, I know you're too smart to do that stuff, but I was just trying to see like what the big level camps do. You know, because there's that real debate on whether you need that killer mentality or you need to get better mentality when you're sparring really hard. No, the uh, it's not just it's the killer mentality, but also the better mentality at the same time. You know, you need to have killer mentality with your work ethic, but and you know, I mean, working hard and upgrading your skills and stuff like that. But sparring, man, you can still do those techniques without trying to kill your partner. You know what I mean? Right. That's and when you get real good, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I like to have you say this because no one cares what I really say. I'm just some nobody from Buffalo, but, like, you're making it. And when you say the same thing, man, that's, that's like, good for these guys to hear so they're not in there beating each other's brains out all the time. Yeah, man, it's all about tactics. You know, big-level gyms are no different than the small-level gyms except that we have some of the best fighters, and we all come here because we know iron sharpens iron. But we also come here for the coaching and the tactics that we take from it and the experiences we learn on the mat, you know what I mean? You can only learn them on the mat. So you might spar hard for two times a week, three times a week at these other gyms for three to four years because that's all you know, you know what I mean? Right. But if you never change those tactics, you'll never get over a certain level. And uh, the level I'm talking about, I've exceeded, you know what I mean? Um, I'm talking about a professional level that can also compete with professional fighters that are in the top 100th of the world you know what i mean right um there's a certain thing you have to do and that's focusing on your technique your craft and uh just like you would in wrestling as a kid you have to do it in a sport you know what i mean it's it's not built overnight and it's not going to be built on your free time it's going to be built with coaching it's going to be built with people that are around you that know what they're talking about that really know what they're talking about that have already built you know hundreds of fighters um and it's just going to be like a program that you learn as a kid, you know what I mean? We've all went to wrestling programs and similar to that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's so, not about, like, making it to the pros. It's about being an elite pro. I yeah. mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's where the pro should be. Yeah, it's not even about being an elite pro. It's about being a uh, seasoned pro that competes um, often and, right. and, and um, takes advantage of the time that we have as pros, you know what I mean? I know um, one of my great teammates, her name's Celine Haga, her record's like, 11 and 16, but Celine's one of the best people in the gym. She has 27 professional fights. She had a rough start to her career, but now she's catching up and doing great, and she's always in class and always bettering herself, but she's always competing against the best people. You know what I mean? That's why her record's like that. She's staying active. She's not taking fights that are, you know, low-level fights that she can just win. You know, she's always trying to progress her career, and if you're doing that, you're always going to take a step up. You know what I mean? In doing so, uh, you have to progress. So doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, it's, it'll get you to a ceiling, but that ceiling's not going to be too high. You know what I mean? You have to go branch out and uh, put yourself out there, be uncomfortable, learn things, uh, get different uh, techniques, uh, different mindsets. You know, you have to change yourself, you know what I mean, in, the self, in, in a way, too. 
How much do you think fighting is about matchups compared to just general skill level? Um, there is the general skill level. I'd say is better in practice because everyone's so calm and stuff like that. You know, like um, there's you can make mistakes. You know what I mean? And, and uh, the better guy, you know, tends to win. But um, in real fighting time, I think that matchup is everything because you can take a guy that's way better than another guy, but with the nerves, the crowd, how someone's emotions react to, you know what I mean, to everything as opposed to the other guy. That other guy can throw a hook and just land perfect as this guy's, you know what I mean, tense, and he could get knocked out, you know what I mean? So right. I don't know, man. I think that it varies, you know. I think matchups is like everything at the higher level. I don't think so much at the lower level. I think, you know, guys just like the mid-level pros, the low-level pros, I'm not knocking them. You know, I see really good guys that are progressing too, don't get me wrong, but for the most time I see, you know, it's not so much game planning and stuff like that. They kind of punch, punch, tangle, goes to the ground. The better, the guy with the better superior jits, you know, jits will win or superior striking, wrestling defense. You know what I mean? It's always like kind of one-sided. Right. Matchups at the highest level of everything. It definitely is. And uh, it seems like you're a bad matchup for everybody right now. Striking's great. Your wrestling's good. I, we haven't seen any real holes in your game yet. Yeah, man. Uh, MMA is at this point, and it, it's, it's evolved to this level. So right now I'm very good at what I do, and um, I'm a hard matchup for everyone. But who's to say in two years this game doesn't progress? And, uh, you know what I mean, there's guys that are all hard matchups for my style. You know what I mean? So it's about getting better. And um, I am a hard matchup, but I'm really, really just trying to progress and uh, break it down one fight at a time. You know what I mean? Because these guys... You know, as much as they're looking at me, I'm looking at them, and just as just as much confidence I have, I know deep down too that I'm working defenses, and I see Yuki Matoya, and he's a hard matchup for me. You know what I mean? Right. Or anybody, you know what I mean? Everyone's got skills at this level. You know, everyone's and- at the high roller tables. That's what I'm calling it. You know? <laughs> now that I'm sitting here at the poker table, everyone's at the high roller table, and everyone can take each other's chips. You know what I mean? So up until the contenders, up until the title holders, so or whoever's competing for those titles, you know. Right. So it's about being smart and uh, respecting that and uh, trying to improve every day because, you know, I mean, we all have the same amount of time in a day. It seems like you're one of the few people I know that, that come out better in the lights. You're always on on game day. You've never had a bad performance in the cage on game day. What do you attribute that to? I mean, there's a lot of young guys that want to have that. What, what do you do? What leads up to the fight that makes you so tough on fight night? Um, I think it's the pressure, man. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people don't handle this pressure well of having all these people here and they're watching you and you have to fist fight in front of them. And You know, you can't break it down to anything else than that, you know, because it's not so much of a sporting competition at this level. Or, I mean, it is at the same time. Um, at any point, you can get that button hit or you can get your back taken or punched, you know what I mean, or elbowed and everything changes. It's not, You know, it's not instinctual. Um, you know what I mean? It's like... You can't put on a front, man. You know what I mean? I think that it's just I handle the pressure well, and I'm not nervous to get hit or hurt like some of these guys. You know, they might get hit once and they start breaking. You know, I don't ever break down. You know, I find, uh, I don't know, man. I can smile in that fire, and uh, I've always been that way. So to break it down as like a real fighter and the pressure, man, I think that's why. because I'm a real fighter, and I have the skills to match it. You know what I mean? And I can handle that pressure well every time I fight. Yeah, and you're like you're the exact same way in the training room, but it's even more focused on fight night. I mean, there's a lot of guys that 
you know, you know, guys break in practice room, but I've never ever seen you break yet. Yeah, man, I don't break in practice rooms. You know, that's against the code. You know what I mean? We all, we all trained or whatever we learned as a kid. But when I learned wrestling as a kid, you know, my coach Sills and Jim Michaels and the guys that I was around, these older guys, you can never break in a wrestling room, man, unless you got hurt or something. You know right. what I mean? I don't mean like break, like quit. I mean just like break, like someone breaks your momentum or, or even just makes you take a step back. I've never seen that. Even when you were first learning, you're like, someone beats you, you're like, all right, I'm going to beat you right away. And you got them right next. There was just never that quit, yeah, see, no matter how tired I've, you were. I've went through struggles and stuff like that now, kind of coming up, and I still have that same gameness as you're talking about. But there are guys that, at this level that have beat me here at the gym, bigger guys. And, uh, it's taken me time to get them back, you know what I mean? Weeks, uh, days, you know, hard work, you know, they need to progress my game to get them back. So I know what you're saying. I'm always game, you know, and I'm always uh, very, very, very competitive, you know what I mean, in and outside the room. So for sure, definitely, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I guess gameness was more than breaking because breaking, like, implies that you would give up. And not very many fighters yeah. that are good ever break. But uh, some people like, lose and they're just, ah, God damn it, you know? They'll get you the next day. You're not yeah, like no, that. No, no way, man. I'm always going to match my opponent or whoever I'm training with. Or, you know, I always rise to that occasion and match whoever, man. I don't care who it is and I don't care what weight it is. You know what I mean? I'm going to give them hell, especially if coaches are watching. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I like outside audiences. My best rounds and stuff at the gym are like when there's like random people inside the cage or people around the match. You know what I mean? I can feel their presence and uh makes me feel like it's like fight ready, you know? Yeah, when we spar and everyone's around watching it, dude, I love that. It makes me spar well too. I really like it when we uh, we get together and everyone watches. Yeah, it's like momentum, man. You know, what I mean, you can feel the momentum in the air, and uh, it, you, it's not a generic feeling. You know, it's genuine, so it's uh, it always makes some good sessions. And you know, those are my favorite training sessions. And I think that's why I like being at this gym so much. And uh, you know, there's always people around the mat and always people around us. So I get time to shine every single day, and. Uh, like my last fight, you know, I've hit that move so many times in practice that that's not so out of the box for me as opposed to everyone that's watching it, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Now that you're, uh, you have a huge name behind you now, do you worry about people filming you in practice? No, man, I don't worry about none of that. Uh, I'm just trying to worry about being pat amongst all this stuff and the craziness that's going to happen because I know, you know, who's to say I go out there and have a performance like I did last time and then, you know, I do that in Japan in front of 40,000 people at the Super Sukama, you know, arena in front of, you know, all these people and I'm a big, you know, international star. I don't think of nothing, man. All I think about is trying to be myself and the same pat that got me here. I've fought four times for the last six years straight. You know, that's 24 fights. You know, um, I'm trying to keep that streak, you know. If I want to fight four times for the next four years and be undefeated more like 10 years undefeated you know what i mean stuff like that in my head i'm just right. trying to be myself and i know it's got me here man you know what i mean it's been hard work and it's been vacation and uh discipline i'm not gonna let that other you know that other stuff change me reroute me none of that you know what i mean i'm just gonna um not worry about people filming or people scouting or you know the internet or the blogs or odds, you know what I mean? None of that. Yeah, definitely. All I'm doing is worried about not winning each fight at a time. And uh, like we said, I'm a bad matchup for anyone. So as long as I do that, before you know it, I don't even know, man. I'm 23-0 right now between my amateur and my pro. Before you know it, I could be, who knows, man, 28-0 Khabib style, 16 more fights. 
all these finishes and, uh, you know, I have more money than I know what to do with my family, uh, you know, my mom, my, my daughter, everybody, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to take it one foot at a time and not change along the way. You know, of course, change for the better on my skills and all that, but my personality, you know, the money, I, you know, all the stuff that comes with the fame, you know what I mean, and the notoriety of doing that. I don't want to change from being that same, you know, average fat. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm sure the bottle from 50 Cent at your after party in uh, Angola doesn't, you know, get in your head at all. <laughs> No, it doesn't, man. You know, to be honest, I didn't even open the bottle. It's actually in the back of my car, and it's probably freezing because it's so cold back home. And uh, <laughs> I, I let my mom use my car since I've been gone, so I literally didn't even take it out. It's like collecting dust underneath the seat in the back. And my mom doesn't know what it is either. She's not going to think, oh, this is a bottle from 50 cents. So. <laughs> so it's probably still sitting there, man. So I don't put too much thought into that, man. Maybe for the promotion aspect of it, you know, my next flight's here picture of it but man i don't even put too much thought into that shit you know i'm not in it for the team man i'm in it for the bodies i want to collect these names i want to get these wins i want to say i'm the best and uh get out the game you know what i mean on skates with some money for sure that's and, a uh, who knows man how you know I'll this martial arts and all the shit i you know around the community around the wrestlers and maybe one day i'll have a gym and uh you know what i mean and so forth a community uh, wrestling studio or something like that you know what i mean yeah, you should definitely have a gym, man. You should make DVDs, too. You can have the whole Backpack series by Pat Mix. I'm telling you, that'll be worth millions. Yeah, for sure, millions. man. You know I mean? A lot of people say that, you know. A lot of people are asking me now, and the cloud's only growing, so it's, it's a good feeling to have. Uh, people start noticing and stuff. So I just want to do more cool shit, and I uh, just keep progressing my game, man. Like I said, I'm the same me, and I've only showed, like, maybe 40% of what I got, you know. That's the I think my back game is the best, man. Like, you have some I don't know nothing yet. Amazing submissions. You got the Suval stretch. You got the rear naked choke on the feet. Dude, you have some amazing finishes already. When you make the DVDs about how to do all that shit, everyone's going to buy them up, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, who'd have thought, man? You can get signed to a major promotion and uh, have two back to back spectacular finishes, you know? It's a product of, you know, patience, hard work, just waiting your turn. Man. I waited my turn for 22, uh, 21 fights, partners, and then uh, finally got it at Madison Square Garden. I did not waste it. The second time, you know, I got to rerun it at. Uh, the Mohegan Sun, local, big-ass crowd, did not waste it, and now they're sending me to uh, Japan. You know, I never had a passport. I had to go get a passport, a visa, all this shit. And uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to waste it. You know what I mean? There's 40,000 people in there. That's twice and a half size the time of my, my flight at Madison Square Garden because there's only 16,000 people there to have this opportunity. Like you said, man, I'm not going to waste it. I'm talking highlight, real spectacular finish, and that's what I need to do. And when you posted that picture of the passport, I know what you've gone through in your life and how, how hard it is for you to travel around and how much you sacrificed to be away from your family. When you posted that picture of the passport, dude, I was so happy for you. I mean, I, I get super happy. I almost cry when you win. But when you post that passport, dude, it just touched me emotionally. Like, just like he's going to Japan to fight, dude. That, that was just awesome. That, someone I know... And I really care about made it that far, dude. And, like, I'm getting emotional about it now. Yeah, man, you know, and it's like you train this time and you share the mass with people, and that's the, that's the big thing of it all. You know, you share, you share the mass and share the mass with genuine people and you get to feel, um, you know, emotions and experience of the hard times and the good times and the bad times and the sad times, everything, you know what I mean, from wins, losses to, you know, draws. Superfly just had one, you know what I mean? I've seen some of my dearest friends I've been in the corner lose. I've shared those training rooms, you know, with you guys. And to come up proud, you know, that's a really, really good feeling. Like, you should do that. And, uh, 
you know, Val asked that. She's one of my great friends, and she, she, I know how proud she is of me. She, you know, go to Japan and some other people. I'm really, a lot of people that sat with me from the beginning, so it's not just myself anymore. You know, it's about doing it for everybody and uh, staying true to myself, staying true to where I'm from and uh, kind of putting on, man, you know what I mean? So to have this opportunity, uh, like I said, man, fucking, you don't waste it, you know what I mean? You uh, you train hard, you take advantage of it, you get everything in order, and uh, you go handle business. And if you fall short doing that, you do it in style, you know what I mean? <laughs> you still represent where you're from. For sure, man. People that are surrounding you, and uh, I think that's everything, man. So, definitely, you know. Like we talked, it's the first experience for all of us. It's the first experience for me, so to have these emotions, nervousness, excitement, so much that goes into it. But, you know, in three weeks, like we said, I'm on a plane. They fly me to Japan. I don't know no one besides my team. They don't speak languages with us, and uh, we're fighting under different rules against their superstar in front of all their fans. So you only get these opportunities once in a life or two times in a lifetime, so I really want to take advantage of it and... Uh, just hopefully let everything come together from all the years I've been training, you know? Yeah, dude, you're living the dream that I've always wanted. I always want to fight Madison Square Garden and fight in Japan. That someone I know is actually doing it, dude. I'm with you, heart and soul. No matter what, I'm always behind you, man. And to see you go, you were just at FCP a couple weeks ago now. And just to watch the way that you were interacting with younger fighters and how much they looked up to you. I'm glad I could get you on the podcast just so they can hear you and hear your wisdom, you know, and how to get up yeah, there. Yeah, man, uh... I watched that uh, Dylan Friends fight versus that Joel kid, uh, Joel Burris or something. Man, those kids, I got to meet them both. Those were the main friends. Uh, I really like those kids. I follow both of them on Instagram, man. You know, to see them, so excited to have a follow from me, man. You know what I mean? Because uh, I'm an established fighter, you know what I mean? I, I'm verified on these social media accounts. These kids think that's cool and shit nowadays. But, man, it's like... To, uh, see them smile and these kids are young and put on for uh, the promotion it was awesome and just to have the hospitality from fcp you know the owners both of them um, man they're so great and uh i want to keep her um, helping just you know promote local mma and just man i don't mind dude i'm going to these shows i don't want nothing to go to these shows man you know what i mean i'll come out of my own pocket to pay for gas you know to um just show my face younger fighters or the to, I'll still pay for a corner license, corner. You know what I mean, guys, and right. be a normal guy. You know what I mean. So it's awesome. Just to, you know, it's cool that they give you tickets to the front, and you know what I mean. You can have that, see it better. But and I just want to help out promoting local MMA and uh, these kids, man. So it was super cool to see it from a different angle, man. You know, not being in someone's corner watching it, just being in the cage and uh, just to see how it's coming. Everyone just looks up to you. You know what I mean. They're they're proud of that. So a really good feeling man especially coming from the younger generation of kids the wrestling communities i coach at and now i only see it normally in the wrestling communities but now seeing it in the fight community that was a first for me you know being at that show it was really a first for me yeah dude you're a big name around here and everyone loves you and we're all going to try and do whatever we can to help you is there a, are you still looking for sponsors for your fight um i'm not sure uh how many more sponsors i really need for the fight i'm thinking i'll stick with the ones i got but of course you know uh I never feel um, too shy to reach out to me. You know, I always talk business with everyone, and uh, for sure I could, um, you know, there's a couple spaces left, but I'm I'm with the sponsors I have, very loyal to them, and they've been loyal to me, so awesome, I like man. to continue to work with them, and uh, it's coming up so fast. So, And hopefully we'll get you a seminar next time you're up in town, too. That'd be great. When you don't have a fight and you're coming up in town, I'm sure a yeah, lot of people want to no come. Yeah, fight man, you know what I mean? 
fight or no fight, man. You know, no one's messing with my back game. Like, uh, <laughs> and uh, I have a bunch of stuff I can show. I can teach uh, Harry St. Ledger. He's a black belt under uh, Hansel Gracie. He got a brown belt under John Danner. He's uh, one of the best jiu-jitsu guys, man. He's like my brother. Uh, you know, I roll with him daily, every single day. You know what I mean? He uh, is teaching me, so he's my guy. So and I learned from him, you know. I'm never too shy to teach anyone else or run seminars or women's self-defense seminars or anything, man. I'm here to try to help out the community in any way I possibly can. So as long as I'm not outside of work and uh, I have time, um, I'm not too hard to reach, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's make sure we get one of these together. I'm sure the Abbots would love to put one together with you. They love to, they love to bring in the, the big-name fighter to put a seminar and have them at their fights. So uh, maybe I'll start poking them and get them going. Yeah, for sure. We'll eventually make it happen, I'm sure. And uh, um, over time, you know, I mean, I'm just going right now. I'm not that big yet, so right. over time it'll happen. I'll, I'll get bigger, and uh, I'm growing right now. So your back game's Hopefully, big, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you right now, I know, right? <laughs> it's tough. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people don't know the world yet, but uh, they'll, they'll know soon. For sure, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. After this fight, let's let's get you back on again when you're, you know, still undefeated. Yeah, after this fight, man, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna make a big impression here. Japan, who do you know that can go represent a tour in a different promotion, wearing different gloves underneath different rule sets, and uh, come out victorious? It wasn't Darian Caldwell, and uh, it's going to be Patchy Mix, so. Hopefully we go see one of those go. Pat Mix stops that you're famous for. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I'm going to go to Japan, take this dude out, and uh, earn the title shot, man. 2020, I'm planning on bringing the Bellator title back to uh, New York, man, back to Angola, back to Buffalo, back to my region. So, you know, this is the one stop I need to, uh, you know, I'm trying to go right through him, leave no doubt. And uh, 2020, I want that belt, so. All right, man. That's my time, so this is the first step. Thanks for your time, Pat Mix. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right, I appreciate you. I love you, man. Love you, man. I'll see you this Thursday, brother. All right, see you soon. Peace, man. Peace. Pat Mix. That was Patrick Mitz. He was on Caveman's Corner. It was an awesome show. Appreciate him coming out from the Caveman Studios in Buffalo, New York. We're out of here.